Welcome to the Yellow Pill Podcast. My name is Wale. And my name is Toby. Each week, we take on familiar dilemmas and wicked problems that we all face. On the Yellow Pill, you can expect intimate conversations and provocative questions that can change the way you experience the world. So, shall we begin? Hey there, everybody. Welcome back to the Yellow Pill Podcast. Now, this is episode 10 of season 8, our final episode of this season. And I think I've got to start by saying... Thank you to you guys who've been on the podcast throughout this season, been on the podcast throughout the last few seasons and from day one. Honestly, it's been a pleasure as always to have this project alongside yourself, the listeners who feedback to us, who contribute in whatever way you can. And we really appreciate the journey we're taking with you all in trying to make sense of life. And, you know, it's always a pleasure knowing that we can crack up one season in such a short but long time span it's just a weird thing how it goes so fast but yeah we're just really really grateful for the support as always and of course we like when you share with your friends and we share with your colleagues and give us feedback and we like you know when all of that happens because it makes us realize that we're contributing value in some sort as we talk about things that bother us things that we aspire to be and things that we hope we can all fix and maintain together as a society and in our final episode of the season, we spoke about financial hardship, financial stress, financial crisis, and everything, everybody can add after financial. I think we pretty much covered in this episode. And I was kind of motivated by the idea that we're currently going through difficult economic times in the world. And in such times, we know that it often affects young people the most because we're just not at the point where we're economically as stable as a lot of people who are older. And we thought, you know, experience financial hardship and stress and anxiety can be a real thing for many of us. And people talk about this from that perspective because it's rarely spoken about. So we're joined by Renny, Renny the resource, as some of you may know her, content creator, and she does an amazing job across YouTube, Instagram, and her podcast right now, which is called Don't Go Broke Trying. Renny focuses on financial related topics and other lifestyle topics as well. And she joined us to talk about this and financial anxiety as a topic, and we broke down a lot of things in this topic, ranging from preparing for a recession, ranging from how to manage, you know, the financial downturn coming or already existing, ranging from, you know, skills and tips to always anticipate and prepare for a recession. And of course, spoke about how we can deal with the stress of finance. You know, it was a very, very nice conversation. And we kind of began the conversation talking about all our journeys into podcasting, in a way so it was a very nice intro and a very nice conversation and i think you all benefit a lot from it but yeah that's me done wally here i can't wait for you guys to get to the end of the podcast and let us know what you thought again 10 episodes of the season thank you so much for joining us in the podcast as always wally here see you at the end enjoy um yeah Renny, like thank you so much for coming on the pod um i think why i'm so happy you came as well is because about two months ago when I was doing some scouting and everything I told you we to talk about this topic to be honest but before we did a guest for the topic so I just put down the back burner and I think I just came across your page randomly first I can't remember how I came about it and the first thing that struck by me on the page was you just looked so familiar like you <laughs> looked like somebody who I knew already or has known like like you know you have to be like you no know have those people that you that probably went to your same secondary school <laughs> you feel, feel like you've seen them somewhere yeah the face is very familiar yeah that's I the vibe that. that that's the vibe that i go and i i was like oh okay let me let me scroll to and then i realized that you actually do some stuff on um finance which was actually nice so again that was a very very good um, fit. and of course thanks for obviously saying 
um we yes yes to the uh to the to, to the pod um i think i want to start by maybe just asking like obviously you went you i think you said you went on holiday when you got the message but like when you got the message like what did you think about because i know obviously you had never heard about me or toby before the strangers became acquaintances but what were your initial thoughts uh my well first thanks for inviting me on the podcast i appreciate the opportunity um <laughs> But what I thought when I saw the DM, I was first of all upset that I t- it took me so long to see uh, it because <laughs> I'm usually, I respond to my DMs every single day. So to to have missed that for a while was like, oh, I messed up. And then uh, I thought that you were very not well spoken, but I don't know. It was it, the email was articulated extremely well. And as I said many times, I often get DMs from people saying, "Hey, can you come on my podcast?" So to get an actual fully fleshed out DM, I, I really appreciated that. And I, I was like, "Yes, of course, I'm coming on." Oh, podcast. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote it? Which one of you wrote it? Well, I wrote it. Well, well, yeah, that was yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, wrote it. He gets that's very. My, he gets very. That's my job on the, uh, on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. No, thanks. I think. Um, I, I and I see what you're saying in terms of. And people reaching out to you because it's nice when people reach out to you with not, nothing generic but actually purposeful reason why reaching out and acknowledging that obviously the person has time with their life to do stuff as well um so before we kick off the po- podcast we're doing this thing where we call well where i call i hope to be likes it but um where i call mm-hmm. ready ready corner which is where like i ask you both like questions i found already across the last month that i found interesting mm-hmm. and i okay. get your your thoughts on that so the first one I'm going to ask you, Renny, is what is the smallest, pettiest hill that you still die on? Oh, this is a good question. <laughs> I'm not a petty person, I don't think. Um, <laughs> I'm sure my friends would say otherwise. Um, you know, there, this is a debate I've been having with my family or my, yeah, anytime we have like family gatherings, I say that, I don't think this is small, but I think men should be equal partners and raise their kids equally you know and okay. that's something that nigerian parents they just can't understand they're like, like <laughs> providing money what do you mean he has to be present <laughs> in their lives and i'm like are you guys okay so that was something, <laughs> that was something that pisses me off and I, I will die on that hill every single time also yeah. toby yeah. do you have one oh, like i don't i can't think of anyone right now um um what about the one about um the one one about you mentioned one time about um waiting for someone to come out come out first before you go in in what where like a station a bus or a door that kind of thing but that no. wasn't you maybe that was online my bad maybe that was somebody else <laughs> I think, well, to be fair, this one used to piss me off a lot, but I've just, it was stressing me out. So I just stopped like rating it that much, but waiting for people, right? So like we say we're going to meet at X amount of time or this time, and then I go there and you're you're not there, but then you don't even, it doesn't even feel like the person cares that you got there like at the right time. And so they're just like taking their time and you call them and they're like, oh, I'm just about to leave. I'm like, are you? But I, I used to get very like intense about this. It's much just saying that because you're Nigerian, you must hit all of us together. <laughs> bro, like I don't, I don't know how to do it. And like, but now I kind of like just add it on top of my time and I don't like it because you say yeah. something is going to start at 2 p.m. I will show up at 2 p.m. But now I know if I show up at 2 p.m., I'm just going to end up waiting. Um, so usually I prepare for the wait. So I maybe take a book along or just, you know, prepare my mind that I'm going to wait. And so if the person is there early, then I'm pleasantly surprised. But yeah, um, cool. late conversation. That's a passive of mine too. Yeah. I can die on that note. Honestly, <laughs> if, if you're like late, I'm just going to leave and go home. I, I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, to everyone listening, you heard it here first. Don't waste when you're Toby's time. Ever. <laughs> Um, you shouldn't question, waste anybody's time to anybody's be fair. time to be fair to yeah be fair, to be fair i i, I hear fair, that i hear fair. that next question you? no you you answer what's your one this is this is my corner right so that's spotlight on you guys so next question next question so if you had enough money to build your dream house what's the strangest room or feature you would include hmm uh my <laughs> yeah go on go on no, I was going to say, can this include people? Because I would have a 24-7 chef and <laughs> that would be that the works. feature house that, that I would have. Yeah. <laughs> would you have them stay in your house or like they leave and come every day? I would, I would like them to stay in my house. Yeah. <laughs> nice. for, like, for like midnight snacks as well. Exactly. Right. All the time. 24-7. Nice. I nice. hear that. I That's hear practical. that. Toby. That's right. Uh, mine would probably be like a studio, a music studio with okay. like, like everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What color would it be? Color. I don't know. It would be dark pretty much, I think. Um, just, I think that's also good to help with the sound. For some reason, I, I, I thought you said red. Why? I don't know why. I don't I'm know. Not a, I thought you were the yellow for the for the yellow. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Was the last one with it? Okay. Finally, one? on the spirit yeah. of money and finance, what do you both really think you really really want to buy? We are not sure it's worth the money. Hmm. Hmm. This is a hard one. Like everything's worth money. <laughs> um. I want to get lit. Actually, no. I think that's worth the money. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's an interesting one because I never really want to buy anything that is not like worth it at the end of the day. So it's a hard question, really. I think. Yeah. Do you know Andrea Iyama? No. Mm-hmm. Okay, she's a she's a designer, and she just released her 2022 fall um, outfit. And I was like, "Hey, I need I need these fits. They're beautiful." And then I saw the price, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh!" Uh, but I'm like, "This is this should be a treat yourself moment because I think the the pants were like." Four hundred dollars, and the top was like five hundred dollars, and I was like, I can't logically justify this, but I want it. I really want just the outfit one grand. Yeah, and I was like, it's not like an outfit you can wear on a regular basis. Yeah, that's what's annoying thing. Like these outfits that look really nice and expensive, but you know you have to wear like special occasion, like once. Yeah, kind of needs to space it out as well, right? Like once every yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're wearing the gram today. Yeah, you gotta give some time away. Yeah, so I want it, but I don't. I can't logically rationalize it in my head. So yeah. if somebody's son is listening and wants to buy it for me, I'm 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 very open. To <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I, I think mine would be the the AirPod Pros, the big ones. Um, just oh, yeah. what, like the, the headset itself. Yeah, the headset the itself. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, How much are they? I have no. I think it's like what six hundred, seven hundred, or something. Um, no, it's I'm more than sure. that. I, I think it's almost it's, a grand. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much. So if I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah they've uh, lost the plot yeah. really i can't i can't justify it just yet uh but again like Rennie said if anybody wants to gift it to me i am open <laughs> and willing to appreciate and accept the gift with all of my heart but yeah someone's, someone's daughter yeah i hear you <laughs> it could be someone's son as well please i'm not just saying <laughs> <Friends? laughs> <Friends? laughs> just saying just saying all right uh, cool. awesome cool. okay so let's um let's, let's dive into into today's um today's chat um yeah. so i think Rennie, on what i sent you in the email i think i pretty much t- spoke about and pdf i sent i pretty much shared how we kind of are the podcast in terms of 
what we, things, we, things we look to talk about and cover on our podcast relate to emerging adulthood and societal conversations. And we typically revolve around um, topics around the individual level. So things that affect the self and things that affect maybe the group level, me and you and Toby as a group and community and as well society. And we tend to then bring between those um, levels of, of analysis in our conversations. And because of our background, obviously, um, my background and as an academic, Toby's background as, as an entrepreneur, we tend to come, come at topics from different angles. Uh, personalities are quite different as well. So I think that, that's, that's brought up to this road where we strike a chord between being conversational and, you know, having empathy towards how we approach topics, but also relying much on scientific evidence of things which we want to break down. Well, and you I think, do. And I'm, well, I you do. mostly do. Yeah, so. yeah, I do. I do. Fair enough. I do. I'm, I'm more the voice of quote-unquote reason. Like, you know. I know. You know I, I, I feel like, so, Renny Toby saying that because we had a guest on who said that. And then he's, he's pretty much worn um, that, that banner, that jersey. He's probably. run with that. He yeah. heard it and he's running yeah. with You know what? I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you, right? Because yeah. sometimes I could, I could just dive off a cliff sometimes my thoughts. Yeah. Um, but obviously, in, in the same vein, I thought, you know, this topic of financial um, hardship and recession, I, I had, um, um, I listened to your, pod, your podcast, we'll put a link in the description below, but I listened to your podcast on, on ways to prepare, prepare for the financial crisis coming, recession. And I think that was good to hear because I think you covered a lot about the technical parts of thinking about recession, what it entails, and mm. which, which we'll come into later. But I thought, you know, if I was going to also have that in conversation. I also um, add to that and maybe ask some questions relating to the um, emotional side of things in terms of how people feel during those um, six tips that you gave. Um, but before we go on to the deep dive, um, deep dive information, why did you start a podcast in the first instance? How did Don't Go Broke Trying emerge? Okay, good question. So I, for those who don't know me, I have a financial literacy and content and lifestyle page on or a YouTube channel. And I make content basically to help people with their adulting. So if you want to learn how to invest in the stock market, if you want to learn beauty tips, if you want to learn a bunch of stuff, you can go to my YouTube channel and learn about it. And I had that YouTube channel since May of 2020. So then in I share my own experiences pretty much on that channel. And I got to the point where I'm like, okay, my experience is one thing, but I grew up relatively privileged. My parents have taught me about financial literacy since I was 18 years old. But what about the people who may not be so privileged and they've actually made a lot of financial mistakes? We can learn a lot from them. So that inspired me to start my podcast called Don't Go Broke Trying. And essentially, I teach people how to not go broke trying to live their best life. And it's not from my perspective. Most of the time, it's from different guests that I have on. Mm -hmm. So people who have, for example, a lived experience with financial abuse, teaching other people how to not, not, how to not fall victim to it basically and uh if they are a victim to it how to avoid how to get out of it once they're in it or yeah. i interviewed someone who got into i think seventy thousand dollars worth of debt uh that episode will be coming out soon yeah <laughs> consumer debt like credit cards and uh payday loans and those sorts of things and now she's on the other side of it but i could never tell that story because i have never been through mm. that but 
it's it's really helpful to have her. So that's how I fell into it. And uh, I had a great sponsor, Lemonade Finance, actually just reached out to me and they're like, do you want to start a podcast? And I was like, wow, I do want to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's how I got started. And it's been since May 2022. And so far I have like 18 episodes out and it's it's going really well. Awesome. Nice, no, nice, I did nice, listen nice. to um, two episodes. The one you just spoke about, the financial abuse, um, the lady, and I know her last name starts with Diga, something like that. Yeah. Blessing, Blessing, I think that, yeah, that's it, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I listened to, obviously, the one on recession. I thought, yeah, they're actually quite interesting. And I think you can tell, I like the fact that you spoke about your background and how that shapes you're thinking mm-hmm. about things. I think mm-hmm. it's always good to get a bit of historical context of a person presenting stuff to you in this digital space of which we are all in. Um, but before I let Toby ask the next question, in the episode with Blessing, you, spoke, you mentioned something about your accountability group. Yes. What is what is that? If you don't mind me asking. <laughs> so basically, I have savings plans that I started posting in 2020, which would show if you want to save 100,000 naira this year, this is how much you need to save every two weeks in order to get there. Or if you want to save $30,000 this year, this is how much you need to save every two weeks. So people started using those. And then by the end of the year in 2020, people had said they had saved like and they'd never saved in their life, but be having this plan helped them save. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, let me actually make like professional looking ones. The ones I made first were (laughs) trash, honestly. But um, I was like, let me hire a designer and make professional looking ones. And then I made them for 2021. And then people were like, okay, this is great and all, but we need accountability. Like I can have this plan, but who's going to keep me accountable Mm. to the plan? So in 2022, I opened up my accountability group. I only opened it up to a hundred people because, you know, I don't have the capacity to have a huge group, but mm. everyone who joined, they had to set one goal, as many as they want. Uh, and their goal could be like, I want to save $20,000 this year for, um, and it, it will go to my down payment for a house and a vacation, for example. And then they had to say how they're going to get there. And then, yeah. And then I keep them accountable. So I have moderators who keep them accountable. Oh. Every two weeks, they have to show that they have screenshot it they have to show the transfer from their checking account to their savings oh, account, wow. their account. <laughs> and yeah even my dad's in the group so my dad helps like answer questions if they have any questions so God. yeah it's, it's been a really good community and a lot of people have been able to get out of debt from being in it so yeah it really makes me happy well done that's uh, good that's, that's <laughs> a nice impact right there i like that and yeah. it's just a simple idea that you've taken you know such made it in a very structured way and yeah, even bring your dad into it as well actually quite yeah. cool to be honest um so let's let's move on to into the deep stuff um i think for me personally this topic resonates a lot because when i was younger and we heard of the financial crisis in 2008 i don't think i knew much about finance at that point to be able to understand what was going on mm-hmm. i think even though it, even though it began in 2018 it was the impact was felt across for at least seven years there about in terms of employment and prices but I think from a Nigerian standpoint, which is where I grew up, which is where Toby grew up, we always got a sense of, okay, maybe this, the, the first sign of, of things not going well is maybe there's an increase in price of fuel, an increase in price of things you buy every day. And we're like, oh, crap, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. But the key point is in every difficult economic time, it was always like, even though it can affect everybody, it's always people, people that are young, like us in our 20s, who tend to be hit the most you know, by, by this, whether that's by employment or whether that's by just trying to have, uh, afford everyday stuff. And I think even beyond the te- technical idea of recession, I think I also began to think about the distress it brings. And I feel like nobody talks about it. 
I know people say that a lot about nobody talks about stuff, but <laughs> but, but but this one actually is something that people don't talk about in terms of how you worry about finances, whether it's an investment position or whether it's just knowing what's how you're gonna pay rent next month, whatever range of spectrum it is. And I think it causes some distress um amongst us young people. I mean, I've I've grown white hair and become a PhD, but I'm, I'm sure people have grown white hairs because of um, because of finance as well. 100%. And I think even if even if you look at statistics and um, suicides and mental health cases, you do find some of that is contributed to finance. Even divorces, I think finance is a big. It's probably one of the top three reasons for divorces mm. as well. You know, and yeah. so people struggle to pay monthly bills. People struggle. People have physical limitations. People have people have poor neighboring conditions because of these things. So I thought, why not? Let's talk about also not just the economic downturn, but also the emotional and cognitive load that it brings. But obviously, we can't do that before first covering this um, economic downturn in its sense. And I know, I think I'll, here's where I'll pass the button to you, Renny, to pretty much give a, a summary of what your podcast was about in terms of the 20-minute episode. Um, I know you began by defining a recession and talking about how it might look like, and you gave about four or five tips, which I wrote down on paper. And but I just thought I'll let you kick off that for our own audience and just say recession is in your in your eyes what it is and what it looks like mm-hmm. in different cases. Yeah, so a recession is basically a significant decline in economic activity that happens for months or even it can happen for years. And GDP, gross domestic product for of a company of a country will continue to decline and decline and decline. And we see it, as you said, through inflation, for example. So the price of your goods is increasing by an, an amount that doesn't really make logical sense. Mm. That I'm sure we can all see that in whatever country we're in right now. Um, mm. uh, there's also rising levels of unemployment. So I'm sure a lot of us are seeing that right now, especially in tech, there are a lot of layoffs and it's because they overestimated the growth that would happen. But then the economy said, nope, we are not <laughs> doing that. We are, we're coming right back down. So they have, they're letting off all the people that they're letting go of all the people that they brought on expecting the economy to grow. Mm-hmm. And I want everyone to know that recessions are unavoidable. So although you may be anxious about it and scared about it, unfortunately, there's nothing that we can do about it. It's just a part of the economic cycle. It has happened before and it will happen again. So 2008 and then now 2022, I'm sure it'll happen in another 10 years or so. And it, it's just a part of what happens. And it's the regular cadence of the expansion and the contraction of a nation's economy. So, mm. um, yeah, that's that's essentially what a recession is. Awesome. And I'm, again, sorry for putting you on the spot, like a, <laughs> like a millionaire question for the, for, for the game show. But I'm yeah. glad you ended by saying it's quite inevitable with the economic um, cycles. But I guess I'll ask maybe you and Toby, like, do you guys see any difference between um, maybe what we experience in our world right now as young adults in terms of OAH, COVID and this recession, economic downturn versus maybe what our parents might have experienced? Hmm. <laughs> and again, it could also be like a hypothetical um, answer. It doesn't have to be actually factual. Like, yeah. Um, I'll say for me, right. Um, I don't know how much I paid attention to sort of like, I'm I'm thinking specifically of 2008 and, you know, all those periods and how much I paid attention to what was going on, I guess, parents wise and stuff. Like I know obviously school fees was going up, but honestly, as a child, I just felt like every new year, you know, things are just going to go up in prices. So that was kind of like an expectation, but because I wasn't earning anything, trying to pay stuff, 
I don't think I felt mm. it in that sense. Um, and I think as Nigerian, Nigerian parents a lot, I kind of like tend to shield kids and their children from a lot of these things. And so, um, yeah, it's almost a constant conversation of, oh, yes, you know, things are expensive now. Uh, we can't really afford this now, so we'll get to later and things like that. So it's never really a conversation of, oh, generally the economy is sort of like, you know, this way. Yeah. So this is why things are like that. But now, obviously, as a young adult, um, particularly if you're one that pays attention, because there are some people that just are living life and they know prices are going up and they just blame the government, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, the government is bad and things like that. And all they're trying to do is just to earn more money and stuff. Um, but if, if you're the kind of person that pays attention to maybe, I guess, the reason for some of these things, um, it's been less, like, in terms of the shock for yeah. me, it's not been as much. But that doesn't take away this emotional side of things as to like why are we having to deal with all of this now. And then thinking back to how easier some of our parents might have had it in terms of, you know, accessing shares in the Nigerian market, you know, jobs and everything just being a bit more straightforward, being able to get their first car at this age, being able to build their first house by this age. And then obviously when you were growing up, those were the kind of milestones you were setting for yourself. But now you're like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> like that's not, it's not, it's not, it's not really, it's not, the math is not mathing at the moment. And so um, you might feel a certain way about it, but when you understand this, the general economy and obviously not use that as an, as an excuse per se, but it mm. kind of like just, you know, tempers things. So that's how I answer the question a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think the yardstick that we're using, we can't we can't measure ourselves against our parents or else we'll feel like failures all the time. Uh, I think that when I've, I was 12 years old when I when 2000 when it was 2008. So, yeah, again, I didn't really I wasn't really paying attention. But what I do know is my parents already had their house at that time. They already were settled in their careers at that time. Like things were already going well for them when the economic crisis hit. So it was to them, I think it was obviously hard, but it wasn't like they're they're wondering how their future is going to be whereas for mm. people our age we most of us don't have houses yet at this mm. age most mm. of us don't uh we're still trying to figure out our careers and now the economy is crashing so i feel like we're in a very like the price of houses in toronto especially insanity like it's it's ridiculous <laughs> can you give but, us like a like a perspective on that yeah so my parents bought our house for or their house, sorry. I call it mine. But, <laughs> uh, they call it, they bought it for, I think, $300,000 around that point. And then, you know, they got their mortgage or whatever, been paying it off for the past. We moved here in 2000. So about $300,000. Around around this time, it's about $1.2 for that same tiny house. Like, it's not like it's a, I'm, it's not like it's like a mansion or anything. Like, it's a, yeah. it's, yeah. So that would be an example. And imagine a 25 year old trying to get into the market now. Thankfully, I bought my property um, in 2020 or 2019, right before the market went even more crazy. So mm. I was able to get in. My property is an, it's an hour and a house outside of an hour and a half, sorry, outside of the city. Right. So I, but it's the same price my parents paid. Actually, more. It's $349,000 that I bought it for. And I bought it out an hour and a half, two hours outside away the from city. the city. Yeah. And, but now it's, I think around seven hundred thousand dollars in just two years. Yeah. So imagine like my friends who want to buy now. Mm. It doesn't make any sense. So this yeah. is the struggle that I think a lot of people are facing. It's like, okay, we have a global pandemic, or we have a pandemic going on. We have a uh, economic crisis. We're all losing our jobs. Houses are uh, ridiculous prices. So there's a lot um, to riding on it. So I can tell you, oh, it's easy, like. <laughs> 
this is something that happens just you know ride with it but it's easier said than done because Absolutely. you're especially if you're an anxious person you're contemplating your whole future like what how am i supposed to have kids in, yeah. in a conflict like this right? Bro. So. <laughs> don't, don't get me started like yeah, yeah. I think life, I think, life is life yeah. it is it is I think for me like even when I think about money I don't think about kids I'm thinking about kids are even still far <laughs> <It's> still like, <laughs> that's, that's like another day's problem it's like more yeah. but um, I'm glad you said what you said because I think what it shows is that a um, as you said I think we shouldn't compare with our we can compare on paper with our parents easily do that but it always often results in a negative emotion because you always fall flat a result of a comparison because in essence as you just pointed out with numbers this is these are higher numbers this, these are more critical times and stuff and i think wherever you are in the world well uh, we have listeners across about a lot of countries but i think our dominant ones are Nigeria, uk canada us and ghana and i think all these countries in question if you're listening right now you're probably going through you know, some kind of news mm-hmm. of recession you know because mm-hmm. like nigeria there's inflation rates is, is at 17 year at high UK is already in inflation right now, 14, 14% increase, et cetera. You know, US is going through the same thing. So I think regardless of where you are, it's kind of bleak, peak, mm. or all the bad words. <laughs> but speaking of that word recession, like whenever I see it on, this is a bit of an odd question, but, but like whenever I see it on Instagram or YouTube or whatever I see, like what, when you see that, like come, come in a timeline, do you, are you guys scrollers past it or do you like click to open what they're saying about this? I would say I follow a lot of um, financial literacy content <laughs> creators. So like my whole timeline is like that. <laughs> but yeah, I'm a scroller. I'm a, like, I don't, you don't need to kill my vibe today. It's, it's let's go on to the next post. <laughs> yeah. 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 Same here. Same here. Like, I, I feel like if it's not, if it's not um, sort of like a, a breakdown of something or some kind of an educational thing, if it's just telling me that it's at this rate and it's this bad or compared to this period it's x i'm like bro like i've known things are always bad like so let's not <laughs> i don't need any more like color to that picture so yeah, yeah I, I mostly just scroll past it and um and stuff and i know so this is a bit of a sidetrack but i know um before because obviously the u.s midterms are coming up pretty soon if they haven't arrived already i know there were talks around what the u.s government was choosing to define as like a recession yeah, just to yeah. control debating yeah debating you know all of those things and technically like the technical term for recession is you know i think two quarters back to back having like you know down decline. uh, decreasing yeah. in, in declining gdp and stuff and for me i was like you know of course they're going to make this whole political thing again and this sort of yeah. matter is like that's not where the focus is i guess yeah if you don't see a recession whatever people are paying more for stuff and things are expensive um so yeah whatever you choose to call it is up to you but then i i was i'm now expecting obviously once the midterms kick off in full you see a barrage of all of that information and the arguments and stuff and i'm just like yeah this is just so annoying but yeah uh, pretty much when i see recession i'm like i just roll my eyes at the moment (laughs) how about you wale do you roll your eyes um i i i scroll past like as you said um i think but the uk ones i've been hard to scroll past i'm not gonna lie like the uk ones (laughs) you're seeing like things about about energy prices in the winter and like or more because like i'm i'm somebody who like obviously i know it's not as cold as canada canada is freaking ridiculous in terms of temperatures like i'm living inside the refrigerator <laughs> but but the uk is still calm but it's still cold and i'm somebody like yeah. i like the heat like i feel like my best time plan is just like staying in, in the woods and just like be on fire all the time <laughs> i love the heat so like when i'm seeing these prices uh, my body shakes a bit so yeah. Um, I sometimes I, I look for I click more just hoping that somebody will say 
Oh, but it, but it won't be as bad as we thought once feared. So I'm clicking just to look for like a testimonies and like someone telling us good news. Yeah. But so far, so good. It's not turning. <laughs> so far, so good. You're, you're, very, you're very optimistic. I'm optimistic. Like yeah. But so far, so good. I mean, the uh, so we're currently going through a conservative leadership um, change. So one of the leaders, Liz Trust, is arguing that. So one of the candidates arguing that um, she can avert recession. Well, I mean, they all promise. And but yeah, anyway. I, yeah. I click in, in faith, hoping for <laughs> something to be changed in my mind, but obviously leads to a heartbreak each time. When would I learn my yeah. lesson? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> but going back to your podcast, I mean, you mentioned about one, two, three, four, five, six preparation tips, if I'm correct. So you mentioned buying of stocks, lowering of expenses, particularly your wants, um, avoiding gambling with money, sticking to the plan. Um, number four, building an emergency fund. Number five, eliminating high interest debts. Number six, upskilling. Hmm. Now, amongst all this, um, I'll just let you touch on them briefly, but I, can you, did you like rank them in order when you spoke about it? Or do you have, okay, so if you didn't rank them in order, like what's like, what among these ones do you resonate most with? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think the emergency fund is something that is extremely important. And mm. even before the recession, I was, have been speaking about the importance of starting your emergency fund. So I'd say if for those who are listening and maybe you don't know what an emergency fund, it's essentially when you put six to 12 months of expenses of the cost of your expenses aside. And this allows you to basically give you a cushion in case something does happen. So as mm. I said, during a recession, things like unemployment are very high. So you want to make sure that if you lose your job, you still have a cushion of money that can help hold you over. So say you spend £3,000 a month um, on all your expenses, you want to start building up a fund in a high interest savings account where you have uh, three, six to 12 months of like three thousand dollars times twelve, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, in an account. Yeah. 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 Uh, so thirty six thousand in in an account, and I know that seems like a lot, but you just need to start and get uh, started with it because it allows you to have choices. It allows you to not go in debt if you do lose your job. Like there are so mm. many benefits of having an emergency fund, and yeah, I would I would highly recommend. Even if we weren't in a recession, I would recommend <laughs> it. That would be my number one. Yeah. And the second one would be to eliminate high interest debt. Like I think. Um, people. A lot of people have credit card debt, and you know, I never advocate for credit card debt. But I know sometimes, sometimes we have to uh, incur it. But mm. if you have credit card debt, then you need to start paying it off because, again, if you lose your job, that credit card debt is going to spiral out of control simply because it's a nineteen point nine nine percent in Canada, at least. At the average credit card is nineteen point nine nine percent interest. So that's a lot, and it compounds so quickly. Like it's, it's insane. If, you, if anyone 19. looks at their bill, it'll say like, if you pay the minimum payment, it will take you 10 years to pay this bill off. And it's like, it's like $200. And I'll say, if you pay the minimum payment every month, it'll take you 10 years to pay it off because of the interest, right? So yeah. I need everyone to be guided and pay off, <laughs> pay off, the, <laughs> pay yeah. off your high interest. That is very deep point. because yeah. this is why you see movies and films or even real life where couples who meet ask themselves like do you have any credit card debt because yeah, that thing is, is following like like baggage like like a lost puppy oh yeah <laughs> yeah oh, I, yes. I know when for dating i'm like nah do you have do you have debt <laughs> let me know <laughs> so what's because going on yeah when you marry someone or whatever you are taking on their debt essentially mm. so please mm. be guided be <laughs> 
So I had two follow-up questions and it was one about the emergency fund and uh, two a bit about credits. So for the emergency fund, like how is, is that different from say any other sort of like savings or investments that you have, right? So is that like completely separate? Like you have this emergency fund and that's doing what it's doing, but then you still have other like investment vehicles or is everything kind of like considered obviously in an emergency, right? right? Obviously I know the quicker, the more you can, easily you can liquidate something, the better it is to serve as an emergency fund. So just wondering like for, yeah, just if there's a distinction between like your regular savings and investment plans and what you keep aside as emergency funds. Yes. So I recommend that everyone separates all of their different accounts. So you should have an emergency fund. You should have a short-term savings fund, a long-term saving fund, and your investments, ideally. (laughs) (laughs) And I take it a step further. If you look at my bank account, like I have within my one savings account, I have a car fund. I have a house fund. I have a, like all, every single goal is broken up separately. So I know that if I'm taking from one, I know exactly where, like what I'm giving up by taking money from there. Because mm-hmm. I think if you have everything in one account, then if you take 10 pounds or $10 from it, then, you know, where is it coming from? Which goal is it impacting? Ah, we don't know. I see. I see. I, I see. separate them each into different accounts and it's, it's been working really well for me, but yeah, an emergency fund has to be for emergencies only. It's only. not something that you dip into because you want to buy your friend a present or you want to mm. get McDonald's today. You need extra little money. No, this is strictly for emergencies. And again, emergencies are things that you do not plan for. So uh, if you, yeah, I, have a separate emergency fund that I do not touch and every month some a little bit of money goes in just so I can uh, keep growing it to the point that I want to get it to but yeah mm. it, and your another thing I want to highlight is that your investments are not an emergency fund some people may disagree with me but mm. if anyone is an so if anyone invests in the stock market right now you know that it's been a I don't know if I can I swear on this podcast? <laughs> Let me not say it's been a dumpster fire. Okay. So it's let's pause let's pause right there. If you want to swear and you place swearing with dumpster fire, that's the most polite (laughs) replacement I've ever heard in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go on. It's been a dumpster fire, okay? So the the market has been red, red, red for many many months yeah. and imagine you came into an emergency now that means you would have to pull out of your stocks in at, at a loss Down so more, yeah so ideally you don't want to have your emergency fund in the stock market you want to have it in a li- the most liquid thing possible which is a, a savings account and a, mm. ideally a high yield or high interest savings account mm. yeah so so if you're somebody who let's say you mm. probably are on the paycheck to paycheck um lifestyle based on probably just the job you have or you just haven't ascended yeah you're still quite young um, which of these do you guys think res- would res- should resonate most with them? Mm. Mm. Actually, so the connected question to that was also like, which one do you start with first? Do you start with like savings and investments or do you start with the emergency fund uh, first? For me, I mean, I might be wrong, but let me know. I think the maybe lowering your expenses and avoiding gambling with your money might be the lowest hanging fruits for anyone paycheck to paycheck. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like telling people to lower their expenses, you know, I think, <laughs> I think it's, come it's, so so <laughs> yeah. it's so much easier said than done, you know, yeah. like, of course it's great, but the, the best thing is to make more money. So ideally yeah, it would be like upskilling and trying to make more money because uh, yeah, again, 
how are we going to lower our rent in this economy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And we can lower things like our eating out. and th- But these are things that bring you joy. You don't really want to re- like get rid of all the things that bring you joy just because of the economy. Yeah, so yeah. I would say the, maybe the most important thing would be to upskill and then also pay off your high interest debt as well. Those would yeah. be the things. Yeah. Which- and, and and something that you said and you know a lot of people say as well is just like building up um a savings habit even if you're not earning that much because this illusion of oh when i have x amount is when i'll start to yeah. do it i think your your habits kind of like follow you mm-hmm. so if you're spending 100 percent of what you're earning now by the time <laughs> you start earning more you're most likely still going to be spending 100 yeah, yeah. um, that is so true yeah, yeah. so it's, uh, it's all one thing <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say one thing I'm really grateful for with my parents is that they taught me how to invest when I was 18 years old. So mm. ever I was making I was working at a shoe store making like nine dollars an hour, so not much, but every two weeks I would put a bit in my savings account and a bit in my investing account. And by the time I was 23, that's how I was able to purchase my house. But honestly, like it's because I started with so little money, like minimum making minimum wage that once mm. I was actually making money money then it didn't seem like a lot to put like 50 percent of my paycheck away it was like mm-hmm. oh this is calm. Mm-hmm. so yeah 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 absolutely I, and i know what's funny is that like when you give that response about upskilling i think it kind of showed where your mindset was that when you said make more money instead <laughs> of like trying to do expenses it kind of showed a where your mindset is at in terms of sometimes the default might be to think about the defensive i don't not do but think about mm-hmm. the defensive but you can also think about the offensive which is what you mm-hmm. said by saying make more money and, and upskill and chase certifications and mm-hmm. future LinkedIn because then you're trying to find open up more chances for more money to come in so I think I think that, that that's a good message to have in terms of also being on the offensive not just the defensive in terms of your thoughts mm-hmm. as well Um, what of um stocks though? Like I know you mentioned stocks as well in your in your <laughs> podcast. Stocks, stocks. I mean, pe- people who do stocks have a um love hate relationship, and people who do and people who don't, I guess. Um, and there's also the crypto coming in. Um, I know yeah. we we did a, we did an episode on this like in the very 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 early days of our podcast where we spoke about financial literacy. I think yeah. Toby was just the one giving me a lot of good thoughts on that because I didn't, he's more literate in that aspect than I am, to be very honest. Um, mm. But what do you both think about stocks and starting point for stocks? And can you bring that home to the current era where we are, where every app now can be used as a trading platform and whether I had a contribution to trading, trading discipline and maybe stock investment discipline as well? Um, I will let the experts speak first. I'm just going <laughs> to be here in my calm space. <laughs> okay. For those yeah. who don't know what stocks are, stocks are essentially when you uh, be able, you're able to become a part owner in a company. So you be, you see a company like Apple and you see that all my friends have Apple headphones, Apple phones, Apple computers. So you see all of that. And then you're like, okay, I want to become a part owner and buy into this company. And when Apple makes money, I'm also going to make money. By the way, this is not financial advice. I'm just telling you. <laughs> you know, it's funny um, how this word, you always got to say that because... You know, you yeah. just don't want to so come and drag you. Yeah, you know, yeah. anybody trying to get sued here. But, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So you basically, um, bec- you go on one of the apps, for example, and then you become a part owner in the company and yeah. the stock for Apple say it's $200. You can buy a $200 stock and now you own a share of Apple. And again, as the company does better, you will make more money. So yeah. essentially, uh, so your question was, how does it, how does it work? Yeah. Like, so or- like, so for somebody who's probably not in the game of stocks, Right. How should how much you think of again, not as not not actions but thoughts, thought process. What should you be thinking about going into if you want to go into that realm of investment? But also how does the current world of being able to have easy access to in investments make make should make us more cautious or more happy towards Um, um, Okay. To answer your second question, I think the world of stocks being so accessible now is a good thing. I think before in the past, it was a very difficult. My dad used to tell me that in order to trade, because my dad's been investing for 30 plus years uh, in order to invest, he used to have to go to, I don't know, they had to go to the stock broker and, and each trade was like $50. So Mm. I'm really glad that now it is accessible in Canada. At least we can invest with as little as as $1. So I think that's, a really good thing but again then it makes a lot of people are losing money because they're going in uninformed so mm-hmm. if you are looking to get into stock, the stock market you definitely need to do a lot of research before that you get in uh you can watch people like my like you can watch people like me in my youtube channel where i literally deep dive on how to start investing in the stock market um Hmm, what other thoughts do I have on this? Uh, you mentioned ETFs <laughs> as well. So ETFs and the differences between those like ETFs uh, as safer options, index funds. Mm-hmm. So ETFs and index funds are essentially a group of companies, for those who don't know. And it means instead of just buying Apple, I'm going to buy Apple and Facebook and Microsoft and all of these companies, and they're all going to be in a group, and I just buy the group. So that's what I have been doing. I used to pick stocks and like <laughs> try, to, try, try to pick stocks, and I did pretty well. Like That's how I bought my house, Shopify. I bought it at around $200. I sold it at about $1,100. So yeah, I made – that's how I paid for my house. But – it's much riskier than doing something like ETF. So mm. I highly suggest investing in ETFs and index funds. And again, some uh, a portfolio manager is basically picking those stocks for you, putting them together, and then you just purchase them. So I would say if you're a beginner, that's uh, definitely where I would start. Yeah. Wait, well, before we go ahead, right? And, and Renny, thanks for sharing um, all of this. And I think on my end, you know, I think growing up, <laughs> I had a decent understanding of like financial things. And I think around, I don't know if this was 2013 or something, um, I started getting involved or into like multi-level marketing and it, it, it has this bad rep, but what that usually, because when they try to onboard you, they make you read all these books and things like that. And so I think that introduced me to a lot more of understanding passive income and things like that. And obviously like, I, I think I then went the distance and even understood how, you know, MLM, MLM, had its like limitations Mm. and all of those things but i think the knowledge still stayed with me and so you know knew a lot about you know the stock market but what was difficult was for those in nigeria or on the continent it was difficult to access a lot of these things now it has changed with you know apps like bamboo and even from the from nigeria you can invest in some of these international companies and so that's a good thing like i agree with Renny there um but i guess what i wanted to speak about was more like the psychological side of it where you know, how do you move from knowing all these things to really taking action? Um, you know, sometimes I think that's where I have struggled a lot. 
Like I have a lot of information. I know about all these things. I know what you should be doing, all of these things. But honestly, I think I've mostly done the bare minimum uh, for the most part, which compared to some other people, it's like, you know, I'm a local champion in that sense. But I'm just wondering, like, how do you, obviously with you, you mentioned from the fact when you were 18, you know, there was all that education from your dad as well. And so that really, you know, got you started early on. But, you know, for anyone who's sort of like having that inertia um, Mm. to getting started, you know, what's, I don't know, is there anything you can say to, um, talk about that because I, I was listening to one of the episodes you did and i think it was about multiple streams of income and again this is something that i know but as you were talking i'm like okay toby how many streams of income do you actually have and i'm like to be fair in definition it's like maybe only two and honestly they're kind of like in the same category somehow and i'm like but i knew i know this i know i should have multiple streams of income but i just haven't made that like you know move forward in that sense so yeah just wondering how do you get people to break free from that psychological inertia from your perspective, pretty much? Yeah, I think it's very hard for people to move from knowing to actually doing. The thing that I always tell people is that you have, honestly, with this, you have to just start. You know how Nike says, just do it? Honestly. (laughs) (laughs) And you have to start with a amount of money that you don't care about. Like, I think people think you have to put $1,000, $500, $200 into uh, when you start. But again, Mm. with because the apps are now so accessible, you can put in Canada, at least you can put at least you can put $1 and start with that. So mm-hmm. I always tell people, if you don't trust me, you don't trust anybody about uh, and believe what they say about investing, then trust yourself and put in $1 or $2, mm-hmm. something you, you won't really care if, if you, uh, if it, if you lose it, because the amount that the person, the percentage amount that it's going to increase by is the same as if you put in 500, obviously it's, it's less money, but the percentage increase is the same. So Mm. if you put in $1 and the stock increased by 5%, your, your money will go up by five cents, right? But if you put in $500 and it increases by 5%, it'll go up by that amount as well. So start with something that you can, you see that is not going to, you're not going to shake if, if it it goes (laughs) down (laughs) and then go from there. Another thing to note is you have to be willing to see the ups and the downs and be comfortable seeing the ups and the downs when it comes to investing. Like, I don't think anyone should go into investing thinking that it's all positive because it's just like the the economy that I mentioned earlier. It goes up and it goes down and it goes up and it goes down. Long-term, it has always gone up, but it's easy to get lost in those downs like right now that we're having. Mm, So mm. I would say if you are going, you have to go into the mindset that, okay, if like this is going to be a long-term thing and I'm going to hold for, say, two years and I'm going to hold this for two years. And that has to be your mindset going, going into it. Know your risk tolerance as well. Some people want to start with cryptocurrency and I'm like, guys, that makes no sense. Crypto is one of the most volatile uh, securities that you can ever buy. So instead of buying cryptocurrency, which can go from plus, plus, plus 30% one day to negative 50% the next day, instead of doing that, um, go with the stock market, buy an ETF, for example, and you can buy a bunch of companies. It won't, probably won't go up 30% in a year. Mm. That's mm. just the, the nature of it. But at least you can, you'll can you feel more comfortable because it's slowly going up time after time. And, yeah. and also, there are different industries that you can look into. Like, you don't have to go for the tech companies because those are more volatile. My first ever stock was a bank. So I purchased one of the banks here in Canada. And banks in Canada are, like, the, the government like Regulates stands behind them. our yeah. bank here yeah. yeah they they are back they're never gonna fail because of 
the way that our government like i swear they could do anything and the government would just ride for them so um, <laughs> if you want to companies like that will always always do well their growth is slow though so the growth is slow but it's always gone up and i'm really glad that that's where i started because after seeing it going up for for some time i was like okay now i'm comfortable enough to put in Good. more money and put in money in more uh risky sectors that mm. uh, have higher growth so yeah Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's definitely the, and I will I'll let you continue here, but that's definitely like the general advice uh, you get, which is like, obviously build that base first um, of, you know, safe investments, right? So in Nigeria, for example, just to make this a bit local before, I don't know about now, obviously treasury bills were a good place to start back by the government, you know, not high yield, but just again, get you that sort of like solid base and then you can start you know looking for riskier things. I think I'm part of this like savings and investment club too, and we started that way. Um, we pulled our funds together and started to access easier things and low yield things. And then once we hit a certain threshold, we decided to like up it a bit and start looking at a lot more like riskier things and, you know, doing more P2P loans and stuff like that. So I think a general idea is obviously start, it's like building a relationship. You don't just propose to someone on the first date. Mine right? just like says you, like building a relationship. <laughs> you know, you know, you go on a few dates and you know, save things, you know, coffee here drinks there and then you, you know take things forward um i guess as everything else in life but well yes please carry on I, as, as you guys are talking i was thinking of a question that maybe just somebody who is 18 might ask and they might just ask like can you go into debt by investing well i believe there are things like options and more advanced strategies yeah. that you're basically lending money in order to invest. I don't do any of that. I just invest with what I put in. So you technically can't go into debt because like I am putting in $500. The $500 may go to zero. Okay. <laughs> But mm. um, it does, it's, you're not in debt, right? Because you don't owe anyone anything. But of course, mm. your initial investment has gone to zero. So yeah. that's the, always the risk with investing, which is why you have to do your research before you start. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so, so let's move on to this um, aspect of the cognitive aspect of recessions. And I think your point earlier about upskilling kind of relates to how one might act when you're anticipating a recession. Because from what I was reading and research, um, you can typically have like an, a hot and cold reaction. So a hot and cold reaction would be, sorry, a hot reaction would be when maybe someone is scared of the crisis, there's that fear. And it brings along feelings of like, you feel like you lose confidence, frustration. It brings higher risks of developing like mental health problems. And that's like a hot reaction to it. Whereas the cold side is more of, as soon as you're anticipating the recession, you're thinking, reacting strategically, engaging in behaviors that will put you ready for it. That will make you prepared and feel like you're equipped um, to, to act that way. Um, I'm guessing if I ask you guys where you fall into, you, you probably will both say you're in the cold side of things, which is good. That's a yay. Um, but how do you think people can, beyond like upskilling, what do you think are the reasons why a lot of us naturally tend to enter this state of, um, you know, fear and like, I don't know, like being frustrated? Do you think it's a natural thing or do you think it's something that we can, the average Joes can pretty much ride out of? I want to say like, you know, a lot of people's reactions to money and financial situations, honestly, I think it's, it's almost like sociocultural in that sense. You know, if, if the family you're around responded and dealt with certain situations in a certain kind of way, mm. you have a tendency to build that same reaction as you're growing older as well, except you like deliberately try to, you know, teach yourself new things or mm -hmm. new ways to respond. Um, so that's one thing. Um, and 
yeah, like I'm more on the honest. I don't want to say cold side because sometimes I'm more like, okay, I would do just enough to make sure that I feel confidence in the fact that if anything happens, I can find my way out of it. Right. But not necessarily pay so much attention, which is why I need to probably like change a bit more. So that I'm actually taking more active steps. So, because I tend to do what I would consider the bare minimum, um, which I guess is better than nothing at all. But I feel like there's more I could be doing um, in that aspect. But I think generally, just to answer directly your question, um, definitely has to do with a lot more of what you're around, you know, growing up and your general behavior and relationship with money comes from what you were around, you know, growing up in that sense. I think if you grew up in excess where you were never really faced with having to deal with stuff and for some reason you're still sheltered as you're growing older, conversations about money will just won't hit the same way with you, right? Um, particularly if, for example, your parents started investments for you and by the time you were 18, they had bought a house in your name and you were getting rent from there. Like it sets you up, to be fair, right? Um, but I think on the other side, if you don't have that access, it's like, how do you not feel defeated with that? And how do you still sort of like take your financial life into your own hands as much as you can? Um, it is the other side of things that can help you towards the cold side. I agree. Um, <laughs> I definitely <laughs> do. I, I think your childhood and your upbringing on my podcast, I actually, the first question I typically ask is, can you tell us about your childhood and how it impacted you growing up? Because mm. you will see that yeah. the things that happen in someone's childhood definitely impact everything, like most things, unless you are consciously unlearning it. So mm. I think whether your heart or cold, it has a lot to do with your upbringing. And also the media, like mm. the, it, 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 they only, they sensationalize a lot of things and we only see like the bad things about investing. So I understand why people are apprehensive or mm. scared about money because all you, the only time you hear about the stock market, not when it's doing well, you only hear when it's like, oh, the market is at a low all time low or, you know, it's whatever, whatever. So uh, I feel like that has a big impact on, cause that's what we consume every day. Right. Yeah. So I think it has a big impact on how we relate with money. Yeah. 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 So, like, how do you think um, we can deal with um, the consequences of financial stress? Because um, I can imagine somebody just living in university right now or somebody who is in between jobs, just finished their master's degree, somebody who's in origin a job, but they're just, they're just not paying well, and then the market is still bleak, like, and everyone just goes through this financial stress and thinking of how am I going to make more money and go from paycheck to paycheck? What, what, what should I just do you think? Um, we can use to deal with that financial stress and sometimes from what i from from what i gather I, I don't mean things we can do in terms of maybe making more money but i mean more of like personal emotional strategies so one thing i think about is the idea of self-compassion and i think um a lot of times we often forget that we have Again, this is not me to sound cheesy a lot, but I think sometimes we won't forget that we're we're all going we're all in this world together, right? And the same news you're getting on your Insta about from Bloomberg, it's what it's what I'm getting as well. And that signifies like we're all experiencing, even though we all have our own shared realities, we all, our own realities for ourselves, we all have this shared reality as well. And we're all experiencing this financial, um financial trauma financial stress together in one way or the other even from the media or from our re um, real lives so i think one thing i think about is the idea of being 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 like self-kind and understanding that you know sometimes being self-kind and knowing that there's a common humanity in there where experiences we have is part of a larger human experience and as opposed to just me alone and me alone of course i have factors that make mine maybe worse or better 
of course, but in the end, the experience itself is caused and felt by everyone else around me. And I, I maybe finally, I also say um, the idea of maybe being mindful and knowing that, you know, a lot of pain you experience. Because I remember one time when I was younger, right, I think sometimes we would like go out, me and my mom would go out, and maybe like you might maybe, because obviously like when, you're, when you're a kid, you tend to know where you rank in society <laughs> as like as like your family's um status right mm. you just know even even if, if you if you don't know much about property or you don't know much about you just have a feeling of okay like we are here we are here we are here and like there's obviously people that you meet that maybe you're doing better than maybe like your mom your mom knows them and there's people that you meet that you know that you're doing better than. There's people that you meet that you know that, and uh, sorry, there's people that you meet that you know that you're doing better than, and they also act as if like everything is good. And there's some people that you meet as well who are also in the same category, and then they act like in a way whereby you know they identify a lot with that painful experience of them being less privileged. And I think I learned early on that some people can be, you know, not so privileged, but they don't identify like with that very much because mm-hmm. they don't see that experience as who they are but it's just it's something that they're just going through right so i think my point is when i think about ways to deal with financial struggle i tend to think about self-compassion first which revolves around this idea of self and how you navigate self-kindness knowing that the humanity we experience is common and knowing that try to be mindful about you know you navigating this thing and not identifying with it yeah yeah. So how about you guys? Do you have a strategies you use for times where you just feel tired or worried about about funds mm-hmm. or plans? Yeah. Um for me it's it's almost very straightforward. So obviously uh Christian and you know try to make that a part of my life as much as possible. And the scripture that usually comes to my mind when it comes to, you know, finances and things is usually like uh Deuteronomy 818 and it's like, you know, it's God that gives you the power and the ability to get wealth. Um, so that sort of usually takes the pressure off me a lot of times. Cause I think sometimes when you're in that zone, fi- thinking that you have to figure it out on your own and just, you know, coming from that, I think where you start from usually affects how, and even the options that you think are available to you. Cause some people, when they have expenses and bills that are like super significant and all these things, the first reaction is to go ask somebody else. Right. And mm. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying. For some people, that's sort of like the first place to go. For some other people, um, like you were saying, how early with Rennie, like the first, she was thinking about, you know, upscaling and, you know, increasing your earning capacity. You know, I, I know, um, you know, Rennie, on the podcast, you spoke to Sono, um, you know, the person that had, you know, a bit of a credit card debt as well. And, you know, for him, it was a different trigger. Like he was thinking about how he wanted to settle down and things like that. And that's sort of like spurred him on to do stuff. Um, but I just think, yeah, not letting it's easy to say and i say all these things with a caveat and a pinch of salt but it is to say you know don't let it get to your mind you know you're not your bank balance and stuff like that um but it's quite true because at the end of the day it's funny because money would always seem to follow those that already have a bit of it already and Uh sort of like go away from folks that are sort of like have this relationship with it so it's a very weird um dynamic but i think the other thing i try to do is a bit similar to Wale, what you said about identifying that, okay, some other people are in a space where either you've, you're a bit higher than that phase and stuff like that. So I think for me, I tend to um, be responsive to needs around me as much as I can. Like, I know for me, where I am, certain things are not an issue, although other things are. 
And I know for some other people, I can see even without them telling me that, you know, this is what's going on. And so I'm always kind. Um, I trust myself to be kind even without them asking. And I, I believe that's like sowing seeds as well, because it might not come in the exact same way as like somebody being kind to me and giving me money. But, you know, opportunities might come my way and opportunities mm-hmm. will come my way because of that sort of like, you know, seed that you've sown in some kind of way. And again, I'm not doing it because I'm expecting, but just like the compassion that you said. I think once you have that compassion, it gives you a very different perspective and lens when it comes to like money issues and finance and all these things. And um, I don't know, it, it sort of like gives you a bit of clarity, even when things start to get a bit um, difficult. I think that's what usually gets a bit confusing when, you know, you read the news, uh, maybe you happen to lose your job and things just start to get really tough. I think once that clarity goes, it just starts this down spiral um, is what I would say. But yeah, uh, I'll just stop there because we can go on and on a bit. Renny, how about you? Um, so I actually spoke to a financial therapist. So she's a mm. she's a licensed therapist, but she focuses specifically on financial li- like helping people with financial literacy. Oh wow! So that exists. I didn't know. Yeah, I know. Right? I did a so I did a session with her uh, for because nice. she has her own platform. So I did a session with her, and honestly, I was like, I don't really have any money traumas. What like <laughs> I feel like I grew up pretty like privileged. So I'm like I pr- I don't have much to unpack, but I did, and I was crying the whole session. <laughs> Oh wow. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah. And they recorded it. It hasn't been posted yet. And I hope they I don't want them to post it. <laughs> the crying part. But uh, something she told me was like you have to you have to be very mindful when it comes to uh your finance talking about finances, or else it can overwhelm you, right? And you mm. need to understand what the trigger is behind your financial anxiety. So is it like the day-to-day money management is mm. the reason why you are so stressed about money, or mm. is it that um, something in your ch- you have a, a mindset that makes you think that the uh, like you have a lacking mindset, you don't have an abundance mindset about money, and mm. that's it's causing fear in all your decisions with money. Is it mm. that you're scared of retirement? You know, you have to like actually think mm. of what the root of your financial anxiety is, because when you figure it out, then that's the only time that you can actually go and overcome it so that would be the mm. first thing that i would suggest uh, and you also have to challenge your money mentality your mentality around money as i said some people have a lack mindset some people have an abundance mindset and it's not any fault of themselves it's how we were raised and everything but you should try to identify what mindset do i have about money and how can i overcome this and get mm. to that abundance uh point uh mm. and a lot of people tell themselves things like oh i'm just not good at with money you know i'm just not good at money i don't know anything about money i'm not financially literate but it's not that you're not good at mo- with money it's that nobody taught you about money i don't know about mm. in in ghana or in nigeria or in england but here in toronto and canada um we do are not taught about money at all throughout from kindergarten to grade 12 nobody teaches yeah, it's about the same, money. same here as same well everywhere. <laughs> same, yeah. so, I, I, and i think that was actually a well-designed plan that's scam. what i believe yeah. the bloody, the scam of adulthood. it's like a freaking yeah, scam of adulthood to avoid because Bro, it's like, like, obvious curriculum choice was yeah absent. and it's absent yeah. like ridiculous. so when i see that i'm like you can't it's 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 unreasonable to say that we're bad with money when nobody taught us like nobody yeah. taught us about money so that would be one thing that i would suggest and then when it comes to ident- you finally identified what is causing you that anxiety around money know that it's okay to seek professional help regarding money like mm-hmm. there's no harm in hiring a wealth manager there's no hiring 
harm in going to a financial advisor. There's no harm in going to a finance content creator like myself and asking questions. Like I have an ask me segment on my podcast where people send in their questions and they find it's very helpful, especially when I have my dad on, they love asking him questions. So (laughs) I would say like, uh, know that it's okay to seek help. And just like if you had an issue and you need to go to the doctor, you would definitely go to the doctor. So you have an Mm -hmm. issue with your finances, go to a professional. The 1%, maybe they'll charge you. I know it can seem expensive over the long term, but it's probably worth it uh, if it's going to cause you peace of mind. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a few of my tips. Yeah. I, I love how practical. Yeah. Yeah. I, love, I, I, I mean, I didn't, know were, I didn't know they were a finance therapist. That's like a game changer. Right? Like, I know. That is so, that's good because it's very specific and it's, I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah it's and people, you go on, sorry. Sorry, I was going to say, if you go on Conscious Economics, the YouTube channel, you can see some of the therapy sessions that she had. Hopefully mm, mine's not conscious. there by the time you're watching. <laughs> I'll wait for us to drop 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's quite interesting because, um, and this is something we mentioned on the podcast in passing on one of the episodes. And it's just how, like you said, the the anxiety that, uh, you know, financial situations bring is quite, bring. sometimes it can sort of like catch up on you, like unawares or be very subtle that you think it's something else, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like, Honestly, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I so notice it sometimes. And right now, I start to pay attention to it a lot more. Like when it's a very maybe tight month somehow, I realize that my mindset, I become a bit like, a bit more, I won't say defensive, but more mellow. Like, not like I'm overthinking things, but I just feel like, okay, this, and some, it happened like two months back to back and I was wondering what it was. Um, I thought it was something else altogether, but then I discovered obviously it was just about like me stressing a bit about money in, in some areas. Like I had this big expense or some unexpected expenses came up that again is, it's just weird when some of these things come up that they're not emergencies, but you kind of like have to do them and they kind of, you didn't plan for them. So they all just weird and mess things up a bit. Um, but now I started to pay attention to this a lot more and I don't know. Yeah, the the whole financial therapist thing sounds like a very interesting idea. Um, yeah. Again, it's we would try to use this podcast as a way to I won't call it a couch therapy session or anything, but having conversations about things really helps. You know, bring out some things that you wouldn't necessarily think about. Think like about, it's not the first yeah. thing you reach for when you're thinking about stuff. So yeah, um, good shout out. And I, I think even adding the fact that it's professional, I mean, adding the fact of financial advisors because mm. I think. Many many times we think they are for the wealthy, and to be honest, they have traditionally been for the wealthy. And to be yeah. honest, but I know in the I don't know Canada, I don't know Ghana, but I know in the UK there are some startups who that offer the services for the everyday person now, um, mm-hmm. through their digital platforms. And um, one is yeah. Open Money, um, as well. Um, so I think there are there are a number of financial advisors that are more, much more accessible now than mm-hmm. previously, and I think tech is making that a lot easier as well. Um, yeah. What do you guys think on the idea? This is a bit controversial, but support from friends. So, like, do you encourage, like, um, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Before we go there, I had something else. I forgot, I forgot, I forgot, I forgot. In, in everything we're talking about, right, this financial anxiety and stress, what do we think, do we, what do we think are differences that applies for men and women? Hmm. I was actually going to mention that when Toby was saying that he's felt it. I was like, I think for men, it, they feel it harder. They feel it much more, uh, especially if you are a Nigerian man, for example. You guys are the the providers, right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys are expected the to have your, your like, hand over. Just I know, it just, just killed me right now. <laughs> it's like, 
you're expected to have your life together. You're expected to, you know, there there's so many expectations. Like I feel like women in Nigeria in Nigeria and in the Nigerian community have a lot of pressure on us, but not really when it comes to money. It's more like getting married, having kids, and all these things. But when it comes to men, I feel like they have a lot of pressure. And also sometimes you have pressure to take care of your family once you reach a certain level of wealth. So um yeah, I think it's very different for men and women depending on the culture that you come from. Yeah, Absolutely. And I think that's that's something for everyone to keep in mind as well. And sometimes you also know that no one norms are making you stressed out and know that the norms mm. still make sense. Because yeah. some norms probably came came from a period where they maybe made sense, but in today's world of the twenty first century don't apply anymore. And it's I think it's our jobs to kind of have like this out of body experience where we reevaluate the norms and look at how we apply so and see maybe this is not something that applies to me anymore. Because nowadays, to be honest, I think most guys now are thinking about partners in terms of who can bring in something equal to... I know, okay, the, the biological standing is men marry equal and down. In, in Biologically yeah. speaking, male preferences, David Boss, nobody should come and eat, 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 eat Wally's head. I'll give my references to what I'm speaking. Um, but it's something where even, even women now are thinking like, like people, like men have to also match up to where they are. I've got a friend in Nigeria who's she's doing really well for herself and she's thinking... Like the guy she meets, any guy that meets her, she has to almost match what what she's done. And and I guess and I guess yeah, I, I and, and I hear that. I, I absolutely hear that. I hear that. So I think something for us to think about as well. But I was gonna mention earlier before I froze and brought up this was what do you think you guys think about like support from friends and family in terms of borrowing and lending? Um do you think do you think it's okay to friends and family or family, or do you think there should be lines across um both running mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. either <laughs> for me personally i am big on gifts rather than lending because i know that when it comes to lending there are stories every time you know <laughs> stories, that touch. <laughs> stories, yeah, that, stories touch. that touch uh so I feel like if you are going to lend somebody any money, it should be money that you can do without and money yeah. that if they never pay you back, you'll be okay. Because mm. I, I'm sure you guys watched twin, Tinder Swindler and you saw yeah, these girls yeah, yeah. not just lending their own money, but taking loans from Dead people to lend and, yeah. someone money. And then they're surprised, with, not surprised, but like they're what they could when they couldn't get the money back from the guy, they were left high and dry right so mm. i feel like if anybody wants to ask me for money just know that if i say yes it's a gift and you <laughs> just be taking it like um, my friends i think my friends know this because they, they don't really ask me they don't really ask me for money really yeah. so yeah it's been, <laughs> it's been good so far <laughs> yeah yeah interesting so so for me it's a bit of a it's a mixed bag um but definitely when it comes to family obviously you just do it so I, I don't, in my mind, like you said, I think about it sometimes as a gift. Um, but obviously I still, because you also want the person to be responsible. Like if you're asking me for a gift, ask for a gift. Um, and if it's something that you plan to pay back, let's have a conversation about that. But obviously at the back of my mind, I'm also thinking about the possibility that this could be difficult, but it's more around like, how does the person value the relationship and things like that? So other people have very strict, hard rules, right? I'm not just even going to do it because... I don't want to have to deal with the potential of this becoming like an issue in our relationship. Um, on my part, I think I have maybe one, two or three friends that I think we've built a relationship and it's almost like a, a balance where, you know, 
maybe there's a period that you know you, you I think the more you know about the person the easier it is for you to consider mm. certain kinds of loans and things like that and what's going on um, so yeah I think that's that's how I'd answer the question that by default a lot of times I don't really go to it and I, it's quite tricky because obviously in Nigeria and places like this access to credit elsewhere is it's not as accessible right um, maybe now in Nigeria there's a couple of loan apps and buying up later things but before like if you you can't the bank is not an option right so it's usually someone else that you know and things like that um i usually leave that as like last resort and usually with people that i have business relationships with, with as yeah. well in some kind of way so that you know obviously we're both generating some kind of income in some kind of way and so it's easier to just balance those sheets later on um but obviously not everyone has that to be fair okay so let's conclude with um two 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 debates um one is Frugality versus inflation, which which you had an episode on a while back ago, but lifestyle let's just bring inflation. that up. Lifestyle yeah. inflation, sorry, with Renny and picture. So Renny, so maybe from a personal point of view and from a potential partner point of view, mm. what would you look at in terms of there's if there's guy A who is like a bit more frugal with with expenses, or maybe a bit too frugal. That's the word, too frugal. Yeah. And as you already <laughs> and versus versus somebody who probably inflates lifestyle with with an increase in income every time. Now I know, of course, the idea will be a balance. I understand that, yeah. but which one would be maybe let's say worse? Are they so the <laughs> follow up question time? <laughs> so is the per, is the second person they're outlandish with their money, like they? They're yes so so like so like they're always spent so once they get any new income they're spending more whereas the other person mm-hmm. is too frugal but are they spending more in within their means or there's it's it's they're out they're spending out of their means i would say out of their means because it's okay. it, yeah is it okay. no is it out of their I mean, means it's, it's usually not okay you know what i'll let yeah. you define that yourself already and then you can go <laughs> Okay, honestly, I would go with the frugal person, but it depends ah, on how frugal we're talking. It depends on frugal we're talking, okay? Because I feel like some people are extremely frugal to the point where they can't enjoy life. Like me, as for me in my house, we are going on vacation yearly. We are eating out very often. Like I like, I like those are the two things that I can't compromise on. So um, <laughs> if they're frugal where they're like, okay, I need to set a budget for everything, blah, blah, blah. Then we can, we can add those things to the budget, right? But if if they are frugal to the point where they don't see the value in those things, uh, then mm. it's a no for me. And then on the other side, the person who's overspending, I'm not a big spender, so I don't really, like someone who's overspending would probably stress me out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> especially like as your income increases, you should technically keep your expenses the same so that you can in- invest more, more yeah. or save more. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it would be a, a stressful relationship between us two and I would rather avoid that. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so, big wedding or small wedding? No wedding. How about that? Amen ah, to that. Snap. Okay. Amen to oh, my bad. That. My bad. My bad. Yeah. Okay. For me, for me, I I don't really care about weddings, but I know my. You know, I know I'm Nigerian. Parents, so yeah. Yeah. It'll oh, it'll probably happen, but ideally, uh, no wedding. <laughs> Eloping yeah. and going on a month long honeymoon. That would be exactly idea. exactly. Fair yeah. enough. I I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> I'm finally um. Buying versus renting, and Depends what, what and is, and what yeah. categories would you fit into? Either so we can start with obviously a house you have bought a house that already yeah. buying, but let's talk about maybe um things like 
house. No, sorry, cars. Um, what else? What else can you buy rent to be? Well, so it, it depends, right? Because um, where would mortgages like fall into? Because is that mm. you can think of a mortgage <laughs> yeah. as a, like as a kind of rent or rent to own in that sense. So yeah. it's a. I feel like it's a very it's people try to make it a binary conversation, but it's it's, it's both ways. Really. Okay, exactly. let me put it this way. Um, yeah. at, at what point then should you start thinking of buying if you're currently right renting? I think everyone should do what they what they want to do. There's no point that <laughs> yeah. like I think I think like the rich some of the richest people they just rent a really luxurious apartment because they they can afford to. So renting is actually a luxury at, at some points and then at mm. some point it's like a necessity, right? So mm. for mm. me, I am big on living somewhere where I am around black people. I'm around people like I'm basically in a diverse area. So my mm. house that I purchased is an hour and a half outside of the city. I wouldn't, I do not want to live there. So <laughs> I, rent out, <laughs> I rent it out to people because, um, yeah, someone else can pay my mortgage down and everything like that. And I would yeah. rather rent in the city. So that's my logic. I mm. think that everyone should just do what they want to do because like, there's no, I think we've glamorized homeownership so much, but it's not all, it's not all glitz and glam. It's, and yeah. Yeah, personally, I think everyone do what you want to do. I am team rent. I'm I'm team. I'm team. Do not buy in a faraway place just because you want to own a house. Like live where you want to live. Mm-hmm. If and buy there, sure. Said, but if yeah. you can, if you can, if all you can do is rent there, who cares? I yeah. think there's this thing where people say, "Oh, renting is uh, throwing away money," which mm-hmm. I think is so stupid. Like how? <laughs> is it, it how could renting be throwing away money? That's you're literally living there. You're getting that's what you're getting as a result of the payment. So I don't yeah. agree with that. At all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Honestly, it's it's more like you know, do the breakdown, whatever makes sense to you. If you have like a huge lump of cash sitting somewhere and you don't have anything else to put it in, and you don't want to deal with the stress of you know dealing with like for example, in markets like Nigeria, the mortgages are not really accessible, so it's usually cash and carry, right? So you need to have mm-hmm. your money and buy your thing. But if you're in a place where you know if you buy the property now while the prices are good with a mortgage as opposed to saving up to buy it later when it's a bit more expensive to buy it outright. Like those are the conversations that vary when it comes to buying and renting. Not a, people try to think about it as a personal preference thing and try to make it, mm. oh, I am for buying, I am for renting. And I'm like, that's not the point of the conversation. It becomes a jersey yeah. you wear, right? Yeah, exactly. With that, oh, I'm a homeowner. Like, yeah, it's the other thing. Because think about it, we have to buy our phones in Nigeria and things like that outright. Like, that yeah. that seems wild to other people in other markets where the contract and you know you pay True. like my 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 cousin has an iPhone twelve my nephew sorry and he's paying what thirty something pounds or something a month and I'm like honestly that sounds like an easy life but now in Nigeria if you want to buy a phone you kind of like have to save up that cash and you know go buy a phone mm-hmm. for like a thousand dollars or something like yeah. yeah the the kinds of things we buy outright in countries over here. Um, it's quite ridiculous. It's, it is. It's the market, <laughs> mortgages in Nigeria. They're not even mortgage. Like, I don't even know. Who- FIA, like, they ask you to pay like, what, 50 or 60% yeah, down payment. And then yeah. it's like, they, 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 they ask you to pay as much so that if anything happens, like, they yeah. are they've, a bit they've, okay. They've got the yeah. yeah. They've got, there's, yeah. No trust. there's no trust in the society. There's no trust, man. Like, don't there even get this stuff. And it's quite annoying because, you know, that's why I said, like, you know all these things that you should be doing, but they're just not accessible to you, mm-hmm. right? And that kind of way and obviously like you can't use that as an excuse for too long but sometimes you really don't have any choice like the reason why we have a savings and investment club is because 
a lot of the minimum requirements for some of these investments things were super high for one person to just do mm-hmm. so we had to like so put our to, phones yeah, together yeah. yeah but obviously that involves a different level of trust so we had to set up like a business name and then make different signatories there's like nine of us from different places but we know like one person each person knows at least one person as a signatory so it's built on trust pretty much like Rennie said I think once there's trust a lot of things become more accessible to you and some apps help you remove that level of trust but um i guess you know make it a non-issue but yeah anyways yeah and i also want to say i'm big on like living where you want and then owning outside like you can do both at the same time rent rent in the city Mm. own an Mm. hour and a half away and make your income from there that income can even pay your rent so exactly exactly that is that is that is true (laughs) that is true people think of it too binary a lot of times yeah. Now, yeah. I think that brings us to the end of a wonderful conversation. Um, I think I, I think I've learned quite a lot from this. Um, what? No, this is this is okay. Let me side finish track. the podcast. This is sidetrack. <laughs> thank you. Because oh, so Randy, if you if you if you listen to other episode, I have a lot of sidetracks. Like you have to okay. literally put my head on a leash to stop <laughs> stop sidetracking. That's why episodes are like ninety minutes long. We, <laughs> we go we sidetrack. We go every. We go um, I am um, yeah. I yeah. I need I need help in that. Um, but what kind of restaurants do you go to? Because um, you say you like to eat out a lot. So like, what are your favorite yeah. places to go? Ooh, this is a hard question. I really like Thai restaurants. So I lived mm. in Thailand for like five months. So oh. I, um, I've been searching for the best Thai food in Toronto. I finally found the best Thai food here. So I love Thai food. I love Nigerian going to Nigerian restaurants. My only beef with Nigerian restaurants is that, you know, you either get good food and trash service, you know, Zero to or, yeah, or it's, it's never service, yo, food, yo, you know? yo, yeah. I was at this place, it's, in, it's in the, inversely proportional. I know <laughs> it's, it's so annoying, like they literally have to just bring the Nigeria with them, which is uh, quite annoying. I think if you go say, there and say yeah. hello and say hello back, just walk out because yeah. the food is not good. <laughs> run, run, <honestly. laughs> um, yeah, so I think Nigerian restaurants, uh, Mexican restaurants. Thai mm. restaurants. Yeah, those are my those are some of my favorites. I really like Italian food too, but my issue is they don't put enough maggi in the pasta. You know, they don't put any maggi. It's not it's not giving. Yeah, it's not giving. It looks nice, but it's not giving. Exactly. And how come you're in Thailand yeah. for five months though? Uh, when I was in university, I did an exchange program, exchange program and I lived in Bangkok for five months. Best time yeah. of my life. That's really I, cool, though. I traveled right. around uh, Southeast Asia while I was there. And that's why yeah. I love traveling to the state because now I've been to 34 countries. Mad, so. mad, mad. How do you think that, that, that like changes a person? Uh, I, it was, I was, it was the first time I was very independent and like mm. living on my own. Well, I, I lived on my own at school, but like a completely new country by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my first time solo traveling as well. So I went to Vietnam by myself while I was there. So I would say it just made me a lot more independent. And now I can, I travel solo most like 90% of the time. I'm traveling <laughs> solo. Yeah. So it made me really comfortable with my own, um, in my own skin. Yeah. And it made me be able to do anything by myself, which people think is weird that I like to travel by myself but like i can talk to i think i can talk to anyone in the world and like start up a conversation and yeah uh, i think, I think so it's too. a superpower yeah. of mine yeah. Yeah. Yeah, i think from the child i think i think we can definitely see evidence of that yeah um yeah. is there any way sure. um is there any way you want to go that you haven't been yet I, I, I want to go to every single country. So I have lots of places on my list. Uh, i'm going to nigeria next month or this month so I'm oh nice. Nice. nice first yeah. time and, no, I, I okay. last time was 2018 and I usually go like every few years. But okay, okay. Yeah, I'm okay. going to see my grandparents and then 
yeah, I'm going to the States in October. So I have, yeah. I've been to six countries this year so far. <laughs> have you been to Ghana before? No, I want to come, but I was looking at the prices for this December and I was like, <laughs> maybe next year. <laughs> yeah, it's quite annoying how prices are like in it, it, it's okay from nigeria to ghana is, is quite wild at the moment even like it's oh, just really? ridiculous it's like they just realized because it used to be cheap before but i figured i figured they realized it's an international flight and they're like yeah this should be more expensive yeah, yeah. Um, i think i think ghana is also a lot of um yeah rep, year of the return. Rep, rep as a destination yeah. tourist destination as well for yeah. december yeah it's but always yeah, like, when i'm there I'll, I'll hit you up for sure please do please do, please <laughs> do. no ghana is nice actually i i want to go there as well i've seen i have a lot yeah, of true. Well, you should come as well and I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much again to say I'm also. I've been giving Ghanaian names many times. Many Ghanaian friends. What, wait, what day of the <laughs> week are you born? Yeah, what day of the week? I am. Um, I'm born on Tuesday. I've done this many times. Yeah, here yeah, we go. So was it? So what's was my it, name? So check, it. check. I, I don't check. know. Like I. I think it's, it's not Kweku. It's something else. Yeah, I'm crazy because I was born on Sunday. Yeah, Kweku um, sounds like somebody who's just like a um. Don't like say anything. A, like shush, your, your robot shush. devil or something like that. Wow. And, and I'm not. <laughs> not really. I'm always in white angel. So yeah. Um, Kwaben, uh, yeah, Kobe or Kwabena or Kobina. So the Kwabena uh-huh. is the yeah is the guy name for Tuesday. Kwabena. Yeah. Now let's make that oh. Wednesday. Now you trying to change the whole oh. <laughs> Wednesday is crazy. Cool. Um, wait, when what, what day of the week were you born, Rennie? Uh Thursday. I think it's yeah, yeah. Or ah, I know many uh, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the male one is y'all. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah, 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 Maronike. That's nice. And also, <laughs> how did you come up with running the resource? Anyways. Like the resource behind it? Um, I don't know. People just said, because even before I started content creation, I always just shared different resources. Like if mm. I would see a job opportunity, I would share it on my story. If I nice. saw a like a grant for businesses, I would share it on my story. So people always said, Oh, you're so resourceful, you're so resourceful. Ah. And I, <laughs> It's into resource, into and it's resource. stuck. It's stuck it's, so it's, far. No, it's it has a nice um nice what ring to it. Ring, ring to ring it. That's to the word. It. Ring. Yeah. I almost yeah. said fling, but like it's definitely not fling. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's something else. But I can't remember. What, 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 what the brand is. Uh, but yeah, um, no thanks, Randy, for your time today. Um, have you got any questions for us before you? Above. Yeah, how did you guys become such great hosts? I've done a lot of. Oh podcasts. my god! Like, oh, I, I feel I after listening to this, I'm like I have to go binge the rest of their content. Oh, <laughs> thanks. No, that's 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 made my day. I guess. How I'm did not... you become such great hosts? <laughs> I I have no idea. I mean, we gen <laughs> we, we generally like talking. We generally mm. like we generally curious people. And I think we just genuinely like bringing the world, I'm not bring bring people together and having this conversation. I think we enjoy it. Like I can catch up with Toby on a call like this and for for, for quite a minute. And I think like yeah. each each person you meet has a story as well. So it's just about trying to get to know them and the person behind their name as well. Yeah. So I think for me, it's just like it's the same way I'll, I'll be in real life at a bar, at a coffee shop. Um, our friends as well so honestly and yeah. of course of course having great guests like yourself make it a makes lot it a lot easier, easier to be fair well. no it's <laughs> true it because easier, i i think yeah. there's definitely an equation that that happens mm. in that in this kind of collaborations because sometimes you might talk to people and it's just um you have to force it out and, yeah. and stuff but yeah. i think having yeah. a great guest as well it definitely helps the equation 100 percent. yeah 100%. funny enough like well it's much better than this in person 
I feel like I'm not that great. Like with a screen, I can do all of these things, but I'm not one to go seek out conversations with folks. But I think on the mm-hmm. podcast, um, and one on one, to be fair, I think I'm better at that. Like if if you have to talk to me, if I have to talk to you, I'll make it work. Um, a lot of times, I think my my rules are just a bit of no filters, and I talk to everyone as if I've known them for a minute. Um, I just put my mind in that point that look at this is somebody has a story. I'm curious about this story and. I'm going to be very open as well. I think what helps is that Wale and I are a bit open on the podcast. Maybe me more than Wale. We've, oh. we've had to like, we've had to, My we've heart. had to, yeah, no way. No, 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 no. You have to drag it out of him. <laughs> we have to, we've had to drag it out of him a lot of times. Just, if you notice today, he didn't answer a lot of the questions because he was asking. I know, I noticed. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, exactly. uh-huh. So you say, uh-huh. everybody knows. All right, next um, time. Next time. It's fine. No, no, there's some, I think we've, we've fallen, we've kind of like fallen into like a rhythm with this and on episodes where he does a lot of the research and the asking, um, I do a lot of, more of the sharing and things like that. But Wally's really great at asking questions. Um, very, very thoughtful questions as well. So, you know, that's that's also a good thing. This so, is like, honestly, make, make, make my head swell day today. Make your head swell. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys so much. I also want to ask you, Wally, uh, what you did your PhD in? Oh, um, tech leadership. Ooh, nice. Yeah, so I, I, I pretty much theorized how CIOs make decisions of technologies that are emerging in a very, very brief nutshell. Yeah, so I finished literally what last month, this month, last nice. month, yeah. no, last month. Doctor Thank you very much. Uh, four years of my life, just like that. <laughs> like when what? I found out this guy was doing a PhD, I'm like, what? Like, uh, yeah, this can is never be me. <laughs> Honestly, it could never be me as well. Like, and like backstory, obviously. Like, I, I don't know what you know. There wasn't on your paper mind, like. Uh, no, ever, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm literally the guy who you just be like you really <laughs> yeah it's one of those things really? like but now yeah. that i've done it everyone says oh this guy is a nerd this is a full-blown academic like it's in your blood mm-hmm. so it's, it's interesting how that plays out you know yeah. um but yeah. yeah i mean i definitely will keep 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 uh keep my mind in your contents running for sure yeah, i'm gonna absolutely. follow you on instagram for those who don't know on instagram it's don't go broke trying for our podcast run the resource for exo Rennie, Ex- Ex- sorry exo Rennie, uh, but name friendly uh, resource we'll, we'll put the yeah. the ids on our bio for this and yeah, um, so so yeah. go check it out and we'll also look for the the therapist <laughs> that she spoke to if, if it's already out by now we might <laughs> add that to the description yeah. if possible yeah, no we share it on our stories even oh yeah, yeah. Stories, though, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're changing our vibe a bit so any guest that we bring on that has any other thing they're doing yeah we'll put it on there like everyone catch up yeah everyone catch up with them build that relationship but yeah um thank you so much Randy, for coming on it's been an absolute pleasure speaking um and yeah thank you so much for giving us your time um on this lovely saturday my pleasure thank you for having me And now a personal note to you, our listeners, to you listening right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LOPO podcast. Now we know that in our culture of 30 second content and quick sound bites, it makes it really hard to pay attention to longer form discussions. So regardless of what brought you here, we are grateful for your time. Do give us a five star rating and review if you like this episode. Also be sure to continue the conversation with your friends, your family and your colleagues. Another way to support us is by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. We release new episodes every Monday, but don't forget to follow us at the Yellow Peel Pod on Instagram and at Yellow Peel underscore pod on Twitter to stay in touch with us during the week. 
Once again, folks, thank you for taking Yellow Pill with us today. I'm your co-host, Wally, as always. I'm right next to me, Toby. And we both wish you the very best in the coming weeks. Till next time, peace and love, people. Peace and love.